When starting your own business, you will follow a difficult path with hindrances and hopefully some success. Hard work is something necessary, but with hard work only, you won't succeed. Two of the most important things to be able to start a business in the first place are money and a network, which can be difficult to gather. By starting your own business as a migrant in a country you are not familiar with, finding capital and a network can be even more complex. My name is Janneke, and I'm together with Burke, and we are international business administration and economic students. And today we want to discuss this topic further. During this episode of our podcast, The Journey of a Migrant Entrepreneur, we want to focus on the socio-economic part of the journey of a migrant entrepreneur. We focus on the main hindrances and a possible solution a migrant faces when starting his or her own business. We therefore invited our lovely guest, Klaas Molenaar, who is an expert on the field. Klaas, can you introduce yourself, please? I'm Klaas. I, uh, I worked uh, quite uh, for a number of years uh, in the field of migrant entrepreneurship and uh, access to finance for uh, migrant entrepreneurs. Actually, since 1985, when I started to work for the UNHCR on uh, creating a, a program on uh, business creation for refugees uh, in urban settings. And since then, I've always been uh, engaged in one way or other in this kind of uh, activities. As, and at, at this stage, I work, uh, I'm finalizing uh, two really huge uh, programs on access to finance, financial education for migrant workers at the European level. Um, so. I think I can share some ideas with you about uh, yeah, the do's and don'ts. Thank you very much for the introduction, Klaus. So as immigrant entrepreneurs and the native entrepreneurs, they have different set of skills. They have different opportunities and they have, some of them have really different backgrounds. How do you think uh, this affects their entrepreneurship activities? And what is the main difference between both of them? We tend to compare migrant entrepreneurs with uh, what they call an autochthonous or local entrepreneurs. Um, and then we start seeking for differences. But, you know, uh, you have to be careful here again as, as well, because the difference is between being a migrant and being somebody who lives here for a longer period, and not the difference being a migrant entrepreneur and a local entrepreneur. Because to, be, to become a successful entrepreneur, actually the characteristics of the two are the same. Yeah. What you do see is that if you are coming from outside, you have different perceptions, you have different ways of looking at things, and people look differently at you. So your bottlenecks, the hindrances, they can be different. But the capacity and the capabilities to become an entrepreneur, they should be the same to become successful. That's interesting because uh, I read this paper uh, stating that even though, like, for instance, the second and the first immigrant, like the second generation immigrants, even though they are in the same level, language, the cultural openness, etc., they are better than their parents, but still their profits are not as high as the native native entrepreneurs. Yeah, because they, they start different types of businesses and that is probably related to their, mm-hmm. their capacities and the capabilities and the, the networks they have developed. So. You have to be very careful there, also by looking at the first and second generation, because the, you also have to, have to look at the social, the demographic uh, features on what kind of people came here as first generation, as second mm-hmm. generation. True, true. So it's not an uh, heterogeneous uh, group, it's quite an, uh, an homogeneous group with a similar backgrounds. What do you think is the benefit? Do you think it's beneficial for the country? What is the, the benefit of having more uh, immigrant entrepreneurs? That question, I think, is the wrong question. 
because if you want to become an entrepreneur, yeah, and myself, I've set up different businesses. You don't do it for the country. You do it for yourself. It's a matter of self-development. Yeah. So you are trying to deploy your assets, your personal qualities, and you want to achieve something. Then eventually that can be to the benefit of the country. But you cannot expect somebody to start a business for the benefit of the country. What you, of course, can do is you have to be careful from, say, in the public domain that you have policies that you do not allow people to start businesses that are detrimental to the development of the country. And you cannot maybe create an environment where you say, hopefully people do something in, say, technological innovation or in the specific sectors that you would like to develop. But again, uh, it is always the entrepreneur that decides. And right. if you if you de- yeah, require him or her to do things for the country, you are going to sit on his driver's seat without taking the risks and without accepting the consequences of decisions taken. So you have to be very careful. Do you think those people who are doing entrepreneur for themselves, do you think we need more those kind of people? So do you think it's, it's good for the economy or do you think it's uh, good overall? And my work and the way I've been working over the past 45, 45 years, um, one of the driving elements in my work has been that people should have a level playing field. Mm-hmm. If you want to start a business, you should have yeah the same possibilities that I have. Maybe you don't have the same qualities that I have, and maybe I will be success- more successful. But that, that successful should not be, be de- determined by the hindrances that you uh, have to overcome. So... Um, yeah, you, the, the level playing field is more important. So the access to services, the access to information, the access to facilities, yeah, those should be yeah open to anybody who wants to start. But still, you need them to be care- careful with whom you support in starting a business. Not everybody will be successful. Definitely not. And not somebody will be successful because he's a migrant. I think it's there's like there's more hindrances actually uh, for migrants than native entrepreneurs. And while we were uh, reviewing the literature, we found that the financial issues, finding finance is one of the main, the hard hindrances for the immigrants. And since you're working with the microfinancing, like, do you think the, the people came uh, across a lot with this problem? And do you think microfinancing is a solution for that? Or what else can be done regarding this uh, uh, problem? Your question, question is a typical, what I call related to the Mimi reflex. And it's very, very dangerous because what you, it's, it's, it's based on perceptions and probably also prejudgments. So your perception and prejudgment is that a migrant mm-hmm. yeah, is somebody who is destitute who has limited possibilities, yeah. who will start small, and because he or she is in that position, the best thing for him or her is to have access to a small loan. So the best thing is to assist him or her with microfinance. That's the me reflex, migrant micro, microfinance. And if you look really at the, what microfinance is, it's about access to finance. It is not about offering small amounts. It's not about uh, reaching out only to those who do not cannot be successful, but it is to create an open level playing field again. And don't forget, you have migrants, and uh, and we talk about migrants, yeah, in your introduction, those that have recently uh, arrived. But again, there, yeah, you have those who arrive with access to finance, mm-hmm. yeah, and those who have no access, and there are. And there are also, in those groups, there are people who arrive with a lot of capital and those who are without. And now, one of the 
the major hindrances that you will find in this field is if you are a migrant and if you being treated as a more uh, yeah say more negatively as a as a refugee and if you then be you fall in the hands of the social welfare departments or the municipalities yeah you're automatically then being treated as somebody who is um, um, depending on bystand and so you also be treated as somebody who probably doesn't have anything but in this virtual world in this technological uh, developed world yeah People do not just arrive without anything. Quite a lot of them, they probably have arrived with either funds, but they won't declare it because if they have declared, they lose their social status or the refugee mm -hmm. status. Or they have already taken steps before deciding to leave a country or fleeing, even if fleeing, and set aside funds through the internet banking. Or they even have maybe probably bought bitcoins. You don't know. <laughs> but we don't ask. Mm -hmm. Because we never ask people, what do you have? And what are the assets that you bring with you? And we never ask refugees and migrants, what do you know? And what have you done before? And what kind of business have you set up before? That are all assets that you bring in. That's all capital, human capital, social capital, or financial capital. So the way of looking at uh, the refugee and migrant is you have to look at the background of the person, the context. What he or she brings with him. And what is missing? And not, oh, she doesn't have anything, so I will offer her a migrant loan, a micro, micro loan, and I will refer her to a microfinance institution. It could be that somebody has uh, already acquired, has run a business for 20 years. Now, if somebody's run a business and has to leave the country, yeah, then he, for sure, he has set aside capital. And if there's no relationship of trust, he will not tell you that. And if you're not showing that you understand the background of an entrepreneur or the previous background, you will never find out. So you are saying that it's it's not the it's the, the official numbers that is not showing the the financial yeah. capital. It's yeah. not yeah. that immigrants doesn't have any. Of capital. Yeah, and 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 they lend to each other amongst themselves. But if, like, if, if if somebody in Almeria, a Syrian background, will set up a business. He probably gets a loan from a, a cousin in London. You will never see it. And if you don't ask, and if you don't know how the network works, you will don't the other one see it. But he won't tell you because if he tells you, he loses status. So, do you therefore think it's not necessary to uh, help immigrants with getting a loan to start a business? You should never help immigrants. You should work together with them, and then start listening first to the stories, what they want, how they want to do it. And not straight away referring them. You have to go there to get your money. Do you maybe actually, actually to start a business? You don't need so much money. You, what you do need is contacts and information. So you need human and uh, social human capital more than financial capital. Money always follows good ideas. Money. Success is not determined by getting the money. It's it's a lubricant far more than necessity. But do you see that getting a network is that's, that's very important because if you arrive in a new situation, your networks yeah have not disappeared, but your the networks that you bring with you are not sufficient yeah because everybody has a network so yeah, but you have to then develop a new part of it uh, and to expand it 
to be able to understand how businesses are run. So, for example, if a migrant in the Netherlands starts a business and he or she does not have a network yet, what do you think is the best way to get a network and where do they need uh, the network the most for? Okay, they do have networks first. Because if somebody arrives, they, I don't know, if you arrive in a new country, you always find people that come from the same country. Anybody who has crossed the border can tell you that. Because you're looking for that straight away. Looking for that comfort zone. So that's the first, and, and, and you're arriving already with telephone numbers and contacts. Yeah. That's probably not the right networks. You have to continue with your ideas of setting up a business because you also arrive with the idea to set up a business already. Yeah. It's not that somebody tells you, well, you know, you can't find a job, start a business. Yeah, somebody will definitely have already that idea. So, if you set up support organizations or support systems, the first thing you have to do is link people because by linking, you will find also solutions. And you will see that the most successful programs, they're all those programs that, that create networks, yeah, social networks and business networks for the, the newly arrived people. They work and then find out which of the sources can be best. And it can be a combination of crowdfunding, P2P lending, yeah. Uh, a short-term loan for a bank, an investment loan from an, uh, an angel investor. It depends on what you need. But you cannot say that a migrant just needs one type of, uh, of loan. Start with, with the capital of people and not with, uh, and, not, and don't tell them straight away what they have to do. How, how do you determine who is, who you're going to support, for instance? Like, do, do you look yeah. at, do you look at the ideas, I guess, the capabilities of the person? But what is the key thing? The key thing is, would you, the, the, the most interesting question that you can always answer, if you have an interview with somebody who wants to start a business, you have to ask yourself, would you risk your own money with that person? And if you start answering that question, then the, behind that is a, a, question, a question, what are the capabilities of the person to be successful as an entrepreneur? And then you'll find out that that makes no difference that whether he's then a migrant or a non-migrant, because that that question is to be answered by anybody who wants to start a business. Yeah. So Burke, if you come to me and say I want to start a business, yeah, mm -hmm. I first want to know how successful you could be to become an entrepreneur. And I will ask you first though, when was the first time that you 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 started thinking of becoming an entrepreneur? Have you ever thought about that? Uh yeah, actually, I'm thinking not not a big scale, but small scale, maybe a, a cryptocurrency trading boat or like stock trading boat with my friends. Yeah. That is not this entrepreneurship. That's 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 yeah, that's trading. Uh, no, but we will get funds from people to to run it maybe in the future. Yeah. And, and like, why do you want to do this? Why do you want to do this? I mean, for profits. I mean, yeah, for else? profits. I won't. Yeah. I won't invest any single penny in this. <laughs> it's the wrong answer. That's the, what, what, what is the right answer then? What, what should be my profit? What should be my purpose as an entrepreneur? Yes, what is the purpose of life? What, why you want to do? What do you want to develop? What do you want to achieve? Yeah, yeah, for yourself. What will make you happy? What makes you satisfied? Yeah, what gives you satisfaction? What gives you happiness? But what if the money gives me satisfaction? Well, I don't believe it. You don't believe it. <laughs> and that's not because I'm from the 60s. Eh? Uh, the successful entrepreneurs, they are concerned about profit, 
Mm-hmm. But they are not focused on problems. Mm-hmm. They're focused on differences. And, and that is entrepreneurship. Because if things go wrong, he or she will continue doing it. And will find a way out. And he, he or she will take a, a calculated risk in, in the decision making. So it's the determination, the the the, the yeah. person's belief in his idea. That's I think yeah. the key thing. And in the past, the, the bankers, the old cooperative uh, bankers, yeah, they would have a discussion with you about you before they would put the money in your business, and they knew their their clients. And that's what microfinance is. One of the essential microfinance is knowing your customer, not knowing the business plan, but knowing your customer. No, I really know your customer, not because of the risks, but of, hey, what can this man or woman achieve? And would it be interesting for me to, to invest in that person? Okay, so, yeah, but like, I mean, let's say I have a great idea and I really yeah. believe in that. I have zero financing. I don't have a lot of network and I don't speak Dutch, for instance. Yeah. Would you still support this kind of a person? I will first uh, find out uh, what your ca- qualities and capabilities are. But, I mean, and, then, and, and then together with you, I will make a list of all the things that you have already. So you yeah. will look at the human capital of that person as education. And then I will ask you really what you have, and what, what, uh, what access you have to all kinds of sources. And I will ask you whether you have a friend or a relative mm-hmm. that would like to... Uh, vouch for you and say I would like to support him and they say okay and if he fails are you willing to accept uh, the risks as well yeah that's the micro financing right yeah yeah but I will not take decision based on your great idea and your great plan okay you won't get my money Uh, so those people with high human capital they usually go for a job when the economy is good but when economic conditions are not that great uh, the when they can't find a job, they just uh, start their own business. So those yeah. people already have, you know, like the entrepreneurs, they have the capabilities, they might have a good idea, but because of the, the, the easiness of finding job, they, they, they don't go for it. So, yeah. so they're not entrepreneurs, they're not entrepreneurs. They're so people who like a job. Yeah. And on the reverse, if you have people who are in a business and you will offer them the option you can continue with the business or I can give you a paid job with, uh, say, twice the salary that you earn now. But don't you And if he or she will opt for that yeah, paid job, mm-hmm. then I would withdraw my loan straight away. But don't you think the structure of economy or the opportunities that provided by government influences this? Because I, I also yeah. agree with you that uh, entrepreneurship should come within, but it's yeah. not always 100%, right? There is also hindrances. There is also stuff. So, like, uh, if those hindrances are maybe supported or can overcome by the NGOs or by government, uh, those people will maybe become a successful entrepreneur. Yeah, so yeah, don't yeah. you think those the the structural policies has some uh, effect on entrepreneurship as well? Yeah, that, that that's for sure. That's, that's what I said sure. at the beginning. Yeah, there are hindrances. There, there are barriers that have to be overcome, and some of the barriers that people don't even see yeah if i if i go to uh, i would go to a bank now at the moment there's no need to go to the bank because they're all say um, automatic teller machines yeah you find you don't find people in the bank but if i 
say, in a financial institution, find a person, and he or she doesn't understand my context. I cannot talk with him or her. He also needs financial education. So he is a barrier to me. Yeah, so if a, a loan officer doesn't understand uh, uh, what goes in people's minds, then he or she does, is not in the right position to offer the right service to me. Now, there are also uh, barriers. Uh, like one of the barriers in the Netherlands is, for instance, if you register mm. yeah, your business and you are unemployed, you lose your unemployment benefits that way. Yeah, in social work. That's crazy. Why not let people start one or two days a week and then when they become successful, yeah, gradually let them face in. Yeah. But uh, our barrier is that we think in either a full time job or a full time entrepreneurship. So the barrier in our head is that we don't see the reality in life. But can yeah. entrepreneurship be part time? It's gonna be. Of course. If you look around yeah, uh, the hybrid way of doing business is more pr prominent than we see, but it's it's hidden. A lot of people they are operating, uh, they are on unemployment benefit. They they might also probably repair cars. Yeah, and instead of punishing them, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, yeah, you say, hey, that's good you're doing that. And if you say it's good, and you give somebody some self esteem and empower him or her. Then it, it's not any more gray work, but it suddenly becomes to the open. So the barrier is our control system, our system that we do not believe in people. We think that people will cheat faster than the, what's really happening. But isn't there also like, for instance, yeah, there's uh, the barriers, I think, but there's also a lot of people, I think, like you, for instance, who believes in people and help them. Do you think, the, for instance, the for instance, municipalities? They they uh, support uh, refugees who want to open their own job, right? They can yeah. give some loan. Uh, they can. Do you think those are working well, uh, or what else can be done to improve those? Uh, that, there are in some municipalities there are people yeah, that know what to do. Yeah, over the past 20, 30 years, they have of course learned a lot from the mistakes they made before. Yeah, but our legal system is still not yet ready to that. So they have to fight for it. In particular, if people are on unemployment benefits, then it's for uh, social welfare departments, it's easier to send people yeah, to a job because mm -hmm. then uh, yeah, it's uh, in their mind, it's less costly yeah, than sending them to services. But they don't look at the quality of people. Uh, out of the 100 they, they sent to the labor market, maybe nine would have been successful as entrepreneur. But then you need the skills and the abilities to know, to find out, hey, Burke, Janneke, uh, you can be successful. And Pete and John, you're not. So I'm not going to invest in you yeah, at all in setting up a business. You have to be daring to say at the beginning, with you, I will work on starting a business. With you, I will not. And then I will facilitate. facilitate. What what is the role of NGOs, for instance? So, like uh, the government is is not uh, if it's not doing its work properly, for instance, can the NGOs maybe help deciding who should get the fund or not, or maybe a, a external institution? Since uh, the NGOs that, like for instance, the the one the microfinancing institution is one, or there is uh, I don't know the exact names, but there's NGOs that is helping uh, immigrant refugees. 
to start their own business, right? They they uh, give them education. They uh, prepare to for like the language skills. They they provide them network. Yeah. Yeah. Like, one of the first lessons, one of the first lessons I learned from uh, one of my gurus in the uh, it was the seventies. He said, "Class, you can only support starting entrepreneurs if you are an entrepreneur yourself, mm-hmm. and if you run your organization as an enterprise. Never run it as an NGO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So don't start with yeah all this social welfare ideas." Yeah, but be entrepreneurial because then you will understand your clients. So if you talk about NGOs, you have to talk about professional organizations, non-professional organizations. Okay, some professional organizations they do a really good job mm-hmm. because they are being run as an enterprise. They are the people that are managing them. They are entrepreneurs themselves. Yeah, uh, they understand. Yeah, they, in, in their mind they're entrepreneurs. Okay. Yeah, but if you come to me. And I have a fantastic uh, foundation. There are a lot of yeah, non-profit objectives and social objectives. And you talk to me and said, you know, I have a problem with my cash uh, position. And, and I say, well, you know, you have to be dedicated to your work. So yes, there are organizations that do a good job. And yes, there are organizations that don't understand at all what they're doing. So you, you said that the most important thing is the, the spirit, the, the determination of the person. And the networking, yeah? and, that- and networking, believing in his ideas. So the networking is really important. But who yeah. who should I network as a? Should I network with the Dutch people? Should I network? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You should break away. You should really. Uh, there is no harm in say focusing on the micro entrepreneur in the beginning for a while eh? as a kind of target group. Mm-hmm. But be sure that you mainstream, and be sure that you bring them in contact with existing Dutch entrepreneurs. Do not allow them to segregate further. So force them to link with existing businesses and, and not only with, with the same uh, target group, but with different target groups. Your markets are far more diverse. But what is, what is the problem with like targeted? Like, I mean, uh, I can still network with, uh, let's say, non-Western immigrants. Yeah, and, 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 and you're run, running around the circles. You're running around the circles. And now we will tell you, you can also do it this way. Or, uh, my friends, if you do not submit your tax returns in time, yeah, you get a problem. Or, uh, yeah. Okay. And if, if somebody, if somebody else tells you that, you will listen. Not if somebody, not if an advisor tells you. But if an entrepreneur tells you, you will do so. But also entrepreneurs will help each other. But in which, uh, do they help in I? They will co-finance each other as well. They will lend to each other. Much more business to business financing going around in the world than banking to business financing. So it's more prominent among like the entrepreneurs to finance each other rather than applying for a financial institution. Yeah, and, and the smaller the enterprise is, the mm-hmm. more he or she will get money from friends and other relatives and family. Yeah, but yeah, uh, true. I mean, and uh, so you, you said we should be prepared for our careers, but how should the entrepreneurs? Prepare for their careers. So you said they should start networking. If I if start I come networking, yeah. And uh, okay, if in the past you would set up a business, you would set up a business. My when my father had set a business, he would set it up for say 40, 50, for the rest of his life. That mm-hmm. was his dream. Uh, I set up several businesses and I closed it after ten years, fifteen years, because the 
the life cycle of market product life cycle is running out because of innovations, etc. But also maybe if you have achieved a certain objective, you can do something else. Yes, uh, also entrepreneurs have to be prepared that the, the environment is changing fast. And if you're not changing yourself, then your lifetime of your products is, and the services you offer is also short. But like, let's say at, I- At a certain moment, you're outdated. You're outdated faster than you think. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, that's also true. But like, let's say I'm an immigrant and I came to Netherlands for entrepreneur. So I, the, the, what would you suggest me to do? Like, I, I should learn Dutch, right? This of course, time. first, straight away. Yeah, yeah, straight away. I yeah. should start doing networking. Yeah. I should get to try to be in contact with uh, non-Western immigrants as much oh, as, as well. the yeah, yeah. Dutch, Dutch ones. Yeah. And what else I should do as a entrepreneur like how should i prepare how should i uh prepare myself tell yourself i can start without money from somebody else the more i use my own capital the more successful i will be and money will follow me i don't chase the money the money will chase me so that's a really nice quote to end with to my opinion class and a great advice for all the wannabe entrepreneurs out there And I think it's a perfect quote to end this interesting episode with. So thank you for being our guests. And let's conclude a little. So we discussed today the socioeconomic and social benefits of having more migrant entrepreneurs. Their road to become successful with possible hindrances like finding capital and a network and the paradox of economics to overcome. We would like to thank Klaas Molenaar very much for joining us. We are happy with all the useful insights you shared with us. And during the next episode, we will discuss the organizations that assist migrants with their journey. Thanks a lot for listening and we hope to see you next time.